Welcome to another edition of the Rough Rider podcast. Uh, today we have a 1993 Rough Rider graduate, Roosevelt graduate, Megan McKay-Byer. Megan, yeah. how you doing? Aaron Newsom, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for joining us today. This is so fun. I love it. I love your podcast. You're good at it. Oh, thank you. Thank you. It's um, It's been fun. As I've said before, it's fun talking to people again. I just want to know what made you decide to do this. Okay. Um, and I'll answer that. So I wanted to do something since I work from home and I, and I, I've kind of lost touch through COVID. Right. Yeah. Um, so originally Larry Mason and I sat down for some drinks and talked about doing a podcast to, um, because the inner city doesn't really have a voice, right? There's not much on the radio or we wanted to do something in that regard. Yeah. And I didn't think I would, after thinking about it, you know, that was what we came up with after thinking about it. I didn't know if I'd be the right person for that right? Um, because I don't, I don't live there. I'm kind of out of touch with that. And I don't, I don't know how much credibility I have. You have to have some credibility and I don't want to waste people's time. So it kind of evolved from mm-hmm. that. Um, but there's and- so much to go from that spark of the idea to actually doing it. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, but here we are, right? That's very cool. Thank you. Thank yeah. you for having the energy and putting the time forward. This has been so fun. Good. I'm happy to hear that you enjoy it. Um, I want to ask you what city and state you're calling from, and then I have another question to follow that up real quick. All right. I'm in the western suburbs of Chicago in a suburb called LaGrange Park. Nice. And, yeah, and it's um, it's a... Nice little suburb, a cute little hometown. We kind of joke and call it Mayberry, that kind of a thing. It's relatively safe. That's perfect. There's only a couple shootings a year here, so. Oh, cheers. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> you're, you're a Chicago girl by nature or by na- or native anyway, aren't you? I was born in the western suburbs. Yeah, we didn't move to Des Moines until I was two and a half. So overall, I was only in Des Moines 17 years. Wow. That's weird when you say it like that. It's very weird to me because um, I tell everyone here I'm from Des Moines. And I'm very protective of Des Moines and extremely loyal to Des Moines. And I'm definitely considered an out-of-towner here because, well, a lot of us refer to the suburbs of Chicago is incestuous because so many people are third, fourth, fifth infinity generation and just marry their high school sweetheart or local college sweetheart, procreate and do it all over again. And they're your small town stuff. Yeah. Oh, very small town stuff. That's your local fire department, your local village board, the trustees, like it's all, they're all connected. And what I refer to commonly is like LaGrange Park royalty around here. It's just like third, fourth generation police chief, fire chief kind of stuff. And so I'm still the, I'm still kind of the out of towner in the Western suburbs, even though I was born in Aurora. That stuff can be good and bad though. If you get a <laughs> bad group that just kind of has that control, yikes. Yikes is right. And that I would, I would say that's Cook County politics. And that's, that's the whole daily administration nonsense that everyone refers to. Um, that that cycle, they're having such a hard time breaking that. And I'm technically Cook County here. 
And so we have high taxes. Um, we have a lot of rules. And moving to Chicagoland from Des Moines was eye-opening because of all uh, the fees and fines and things you had to pay for, to pay to use the roads, uh, the emissions checks on the car engines all the time. Um, oh, my gosh. The, uh, the village stickers, the oh, so many stickers on our cars. I It just keeps <laughs> going. And they find a reason to charge you for everything. But right. I mean, I like, I like where I live though. I really love my little town. Good. All right. So let's, let's roll a little bit here before we get started. Um, page 138 of our senior yearbook. If you're following at home, mm -hmm. I have it cracked open right in front of me. And, <laughs> and there's a picture of you sitting down with a couple of other 93 graduates. Okay. Be Jill, Casey. Oh yeah. Tara, Danielle. For sure. Oh yeah. So you know what picture I'm talking about? I'm trying to remember. Is it in the hallway? No, no, no. You're outside at some kind of party. Oh, Lord. Lord. Everyone's everyone's dressed and having fun. But the look on your face. Oh, my Lord. Um, I don't. I, I just want to know what you're thinking in this pic. Because it's, it's, uh, it's a look of disgust slash what in the blazes is going on. Oh, you just summed up high school for me. See, that's, uh, that's it. That's the whole podcast. Okay. There, it, it is amongst the senior pictures. So maybe it's an alternate. So, so it's the senior yearbook. Yeah. When I was listening to Rachel, I, I laughed because um, Mark Hort and I were the senior class editors for the senior yearbook. And um, I probably had a hand in choosing that picture too, which sounds like me a little passive aggressive. Yeah. Um, I don't remember the picture, but you summed up high school for me. I was a lost little monkey back then. I had no clue what I was doing any other time. So, uh, I don't remember much. You know what? I will take a picture of it and post it right below. Do it. I your don't pod. When I, I have my freshman yearbook. You don't have the others. I, I've moved nine times. Oh, true. So okay. They're in the attic somewhere. I don't get rid of a lot of sentimental. That would be very sentimental to me. So I would never get rid of it. So they're just buried. Okay. Well, in a few short hours, you'll know what pick I'm talking about. How about that? <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I remember the last time I saw you was when, coincidentally enough, I went to pick up my yearbook. It was on the uh, north side of the building. I parked because when we picked them up, it was like in August of 93 it was it was really weird august or september or not september i wouldn't go that far but it was in august really um that they were ready yeah well, and I we had to go up to the school to get them okay all right we worked really hard on that yearbook um i don't remember pickup i don't remember i remember working on those quotes um, everybody's quote. I worked very, Megan and I worked so hard on getting everyone's quotes in. That was a ton of work. We were on the little Apple computers in his oh. room and we wanted some, we wanted a funkier yearbook than years past. We wanted to kind of break rules as many as we could. Well, yeah. Um, mm -hmm. yeah. I'm sure you saw some doozy quotes come through that you had to edit out. We did, but man, I 
didn't believe in censorship that's for sure and i did not (laughs) was pretty cool about it but you know i'm like peace love rock and roll no censorship right and um (laughs) i i tried to get away with as much as i possibly could my quote was from alice in wonderland let's take a look Mm -hmm. and i remember jill's quote i remember um Oh, Megan Marquardt's quote was um, from Archie from the comics. I remember her quote was something about everyone knows me as a Betty, but really I'm a, what's her name? Veronica, the other one in the Archie quotes. Let me look here. I may look like a Betty, but I'm truly a Veronica by heart. I love Archie. (laughs) Megan. Yeah. Yeah. And yours Twas Brillig? Twas Brillig. And the Slithy Toes did... Oh, come on, man. I'm not reading this. I know you can't. All Mimsy were the progress and the mom's rest. Uh, yeah. Man, you <laughs> always were You always were like a book nerd, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And that's not a bad thing. Yeah. No. It's, you know, I'm, I'm a book nerd still. Yeah. Hey, the more you read. <laughs> no, the more you forget. <laughs> the more that goes uh, in, the more that goes out. <laughs> true. There's only so much room up there. <laughs> Dude, especially when you fried your brain in high school. Eh, let's not talk about that. That's the bad side of high school. Yeah. Maybe I'll get uh, another post um, on our our Facebook message page asking me why I don't have people on that hated school and um, wanted out as soon as possible. And I, I don't know if anybody saw that other quote, but like I ignored it. Well, you know, Nicole and I we were just talking again this afternoon, and um we we definitely had a love hate but it wasn't with high school it was with it was just with the time and with the age and just sort of not having the freedom you wanted um and for me for me I was really lonely and um that's and I also had a ton of anxiety so I would have traded my right arm to be able to walk down the hall or walk into a classroom confident. Like I, I had crushing social anxiety. Man, the stuff you don't know about people. Oh, it was, I have such bad social anxiety that I was usually shaking and I could even, I would tell you right now when I opened up the freshman yearbook today and start flipping through and seeing the faces again, um, my adrenaline spiked and I, my hands started to shake. That's how bad it was. Yep. From pictures. Just from pictures. Just from remembering. I, I, I was born that way. I was. There's not much. I kind of grew out of it. So. That's what I was going to ask. Have you like found a way to control that? Absolutely. Yeah. It's all gone. good. Yeah. Good. I have no issues now like that. None. And my kids don't at all. Thank God. Yeah. Yeah. They're they they they're extroverted and um confident and well you must have been exuding that and had it taken care of before they really were able to notice yeah they know they don't know they don't even really know i would share examples like if they're going through something hard i would definitely share an example um uh from life experience but i jeff my husband um is the absolute polar opposite of me in high school so he he commands every room he walks in. He's friends with everybody. He has yeah. anxiety. His voice is booming. He knows everything. 
He's a walking encyclopedia, kind of a savant and proud of it. Like big was, presence. Oh, big presence. I mean, the attraction there was immediate. So yeah. I was like, oh, thank God, be my bodyguard and talk for me, please. And then that's, you know, that's <laughs> <it>. <laughs> talk for me. Yeah. Cause I, unless I'm talking to a s- small group of people or one on one, I'm the person that goes quiet and just listens in a, in a larger group of people. So at parties and bars and stuff, for sure, I just went eh, into like this little zone of like, what's happening? I'm trying to process everything that's happening. <laughs> that was I, I do know what you're saying. Like I kind of have, still do. It's I don't I don't ever want the spotlight in anything. Like, mm-hmm. and and when I say that, like I do stuff without telling people. If I volunteer, I'm not gonna tell anybody. Um, I always wanted to be a comedian, but I never wanted to stand oh. on stage. So I'm like, you know what? Maybe I'll just sit in the back and write jokes. Love that. You know? Yeah. Like, so you gotta just find ways to control it, right? You find ways that um you that you can contain and control, but also that you can actually execute like living in fantasy land of trying to be something you're just not you know that's what creates the drama that's what creates the anxiety and all the issues is you pretending to be something you're not it's it's you know your goals have to be reachable right agreed agreed and unfortunately society wants you to be things too and oh we don't listen to society around here (laughs) (laughs) dude i I love the buyer household already no no we have no social pressure no it's all happy we're all good this is like a little safe zone you know we live in this tiny little brick house and um it's 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 home base for sure it's it's definitely where you can be yourself um there's no condemnation of opinions everyone gets a turn at the table like that that's always been number one to me. Everybody gets heard. You get down at eye level and, and you get heard. So um, we don't like to conform to social pressure. We don't we don't conform to a lot of society's quote unquote rules around here. But um, yeah. it, it works for us because I, I feel like, you know, I think because Jeff was so confident and I brought the nurturing love thing, I think think that our four kids were raised in a really comfortable environment where they can go be themselves out in the world which well, and, and I, th- I think you have to be all in on something like that too mm-hmm. like you can't half-ass that no no i i would not no i would never that so when people talk about what you want to be when you grow up i was with the guidance counselor at roosevelt okay he said to me we had to do this printout. Do you remember? We had to Man. what we yes. want to be and all that. And I'm looking at yes. him, dude, you don't even ask me what I want to be. I was so pissed off that I had a counselor asking me what I wanted to be when I grew up. I I had the edge and I was not nice. And I remember being a smart aleck and, and being like, um, why do you want to know? It was out of character for me, but I was offended I was being asked. I, he caught me on a bad day. And uh, what I know now is that I was being defensive of what I wanted to be when I grew up. And that was a mom and a housewife. Okay. You don't say those things out loud in the feminist culture anymore. Right. So right. I did say it. I said, okay, I want to be, I want to be a housewife. I want to, I want to be a mom. Um, and beyond that, I really don't know. And he, so this is the thing. He said no to me. 
I had to yeah, what? He, no. said, he said, no, no, you got to pick a career. You'll be a mom, but you can have a career too. And I'm like, wow. Okay. So I sat back. I remember this vividly and I felt, you know, that authority thing, um, that, that kind of sinks in sometimes like you e- e- either fight the authority or you go with it. This guy must know what he's talking about. I went with it. I went, okay, he must know what he's talking about. Um, I have to pick a career. Oh, I know. I want to be a bartender is what I told him. And he just looked at me because oh. you got, you got this little girl, this 12th, 12th grader going from housewife to bartender in a single sweep, like, whoop. but in my crazy ass mind, that was the next best thing. one a and one b (laughs) dude i'm telling you in my mind i remember thinking oh that's perfect because nights and weekends and then i can be home for my kids after school and um i make lots of tips and i'm really really good at pouring cocktails (laughs) i'm in peg mccabe get the best home i'm good at it i already know that yeah and so he had to print out the whole thing on that old those old printers with yeah. the perforated sides. Yep. And perforated sides. And I got a whole printout on bartender schools in the United States of America. I bet there's a ton. And it was <laughs> funny. I read them all and just laughed. Yeah. Uh, and he made you buy him a ream of paper since you know there's thousands upon thousands. So that was that that's what I was thinking at the time. That's what I was thinking. But you know what? I went, I ended up at culinary school. Nice. Yeah. I got my culinary degree. So it's, it's a little bit more highbrow than bartending school. Um, that's a lot. I would say it worked, it worked out for me for a little while. It was a good thing. I like, so, that. so what's your specialty then? What do you, okay. What, what do you make best and what do you like to make? How about that? <sighs> I, I make a mean, um prime rib i make great soups i make uh homemade pizzas yeah deep dish or thin uh oh god here we go yeah i'm jumping the gun (laughs) just on that one okay mr deep dish i like thin crust pizza that's that's fair i mean all pizza's good right no it is not good and i'll tell you there's a lot of crappy pizza places in chicago so don't even get me started but um, the one pizza that will always stick out in my memory is from Valley Junction. It was the tavern. Yeah. I loved it. That was my favorite. Yeah. they. I think that one is still there. You know, they blew up and had several stores and then they kind of scaled back. No idea. I haven't, I've barely been back to Des Moines. Yeah. I think that one's still around. I think that's the only one, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, so I have no idea. I don't know. I've been back to see Nicole a couple of times, but that's it. And then class reunions. Yeah. Well, that answers that question. Oh, yeah. I was at them. Yes, I was there. I wouldn't yeah. miss I love that stuff. Mm-hmm. It, and you had fun? Oh, yeah. Fun. And the anxiety was under control and you were just able to, to no. relax and have a good time? No. God, no. <laughs> no, it was horrible. It was crushing. No, but you got to face that stuff. I I liked everybody i want to see how everybody is i want to make sure everybody's okay i want to i want to see how people turned out i want to know more backstory because i was really observant in high school and i i used to really think about my peers and wonder 
like what their home lives were like and man you really did want to be a mom like you started oh, early yeah. dude i really did like yeah i was i was i really did yeah um and that ha- you know i was a mom by the time i was 24 so that <laughs> that answers that i would have guessed later or earlier to be honest since you wanted it so bad i mean yeah. not jeff knowing and, jeff and i got married when i was 22 and um then vaughn came along when i was 24 yeah right when i turned 24 mm-hmm. nice nice so since we're on the topic tell us about the family um okay so yeah i have four kids i said that but uh jeff and i met when i was 15 okay so he's six years older than me he was living in chicago he grew up in oak park illinois um, which is across the street from chicago it's a western suburb and at the time he was living in chicago and he was very close friends with my brother-in-law so carrie and danny are my big brother and my big sister they are eight and seven years older than me and then i'm then i'm the baby and um so i was in fifth grade when carrie left for college i was about to be in seventh grade when Danny left for Northwestern. And so I was like an only child throughout junior high and high school. Um, But they were all I cared about. And I spent a lot of time uh, hopping on buses to go see them wherever they lived. So by the time I was 13, I would get on the bus by myself and go see Carrie in Iowa City. Holy shit. Yeah, Megan didn't really have parents. So I would spend weekends at a time with my sister in Iowa City or I'd hop the bus and go to Chicago and Danny would come and meet me in Evanston um, into Chicago Union Station and take me to Evanston. I'd hang out with him at Northwestern. That happened a lot. And so um, Carrie's husband, my sister's husband, Andy, was a bar owner and he had uh at the time way back when when i was about 15 he was managing a bar and my future husband jeff was um the head bouncer and so i was the little kid in the bar running around um the (laughs) bar it called gamekeepers and um they were you know giving me rum and cokes and i was asking for led zeppelin on the on the stereo and they were running around around me doing their bar thing and i was like hi what are we gonna do now yes it's so much fun and um didn't see a lot of jeff until i'm after i moved i moved to chicago when i was 19 and then he and i started dating when i was 21 nice yeah and uh it was a tiny just the tiniest bit of the scandal thing because you know by then my sister thought it was adorable that he and i hit it off but her husband was horrified so so, but it worked so we're all good good and the kids vaughn is your oldest vaughn um with the extra a because he's named after stevie ray vaughn uh was born in 1999 when we were still in chicago and 
Then we moved to the suburbs, the one I'm in now, and that was Jackson was born in 2002. And then Nolan in 2005 and Katie in 2006. Oops. And uh, she was a bit of a surprise. Yeah. It worked out. out. Yeah, exactly. Good. Yeah. I'm happy to hear that. Well, she's, you know, she's, I think, why these podcasts are so interesting to me too because I'm reliving high school through her anyway I did not when the boys were going through high school so Vaughn and Jack are both graduated but I didn't get emotions when they went through high school I didn't remember things I didn't go through like oh you know oh gosh how do you feel about that but with Katie immediately she started her freshman year this fall and I fell right back into like the feeling of being a freshman in high school and doing some reflecting are you for sure because she you know she's my girl we're a lot alike um but she's a totally different i she loves she loves everything she's joined everything super confident you You gotta like that right yeah yeah i don't sometimes i got i wonder if she was swapped at birth because i actually (laughs) she's so brave she's really brave well, you never want your kids to have your like fears or anxieties or whatever, you know. No. That's good. That's good. A little bit though, because isn't there like she's almost too brave? Like I don't mind some of my paranoia because I think it kept me alive too. Right? You know? Sure. Yeah. My legs go up all the time. Like that's why I'm still standing kind of thing. <laughs> she's it... like, I'm going, it's dark. I don't care. I'm gonna ride my bike. It's ten o'clock at night. No, 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 no. Oh, God, just picturing you being that mom is amazing to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't, they don't know a whole lot about my hobbies in high school. My kids, like I, just save them for a couple of years till they're all out. You know, they. I, I'm really honest with the kids. You know, they know, they know a lot of my stories, but you know, I just don't need to go into total detail with all of them. Got to say something back. Yeah. So, any great high school memories? Mm. Um, my pool, Nicole, um, summer, Taco John's, and um, those are my favorite memories. Is it's all right there. Just hanging out with Nicole and just waking up well she and i spent so much time together we we lived at each other's houses especially summer um so if she wasn't at my house i was at her house eating fruity pebbles and drinking pepsi and and then at my house we'd be by the pool just covered in baby oil and lemon juice in the hair oh my god know about that lemon juice in the air that's how you get your blonde streaks you use the lemon juice in the hair and that's how you get nice and fried is the baby oil and all summer all summer long oh my goodness yeah megan today would never do that oh my gosh no oh goodness gracious no (laughs) (laughs) evolution no no i i do i do you, I'm envious of those days of just the naivete of just not 
knowing about free radicals and environment and pollution and toxins and plastics like bills and oh don't oh yeah god no no bills cares and insurance oh yeah all of it all of it so anything you change or or any regrets um no because i think it all shaped who i am now like the I wish I would have been diagnosed with ADHD earlier on. Like when I got out of high school, it was so blaringly obvious I was spectrum. And my niece was born in ninety six and she she was um diagnosed with autism and we my sister was going through her divorce. And so she and I took my niece to all these different doctors and through the course of learning about her autism, I was like, Oh wow. I relate to almost everything, you know, Fiona's this blaring example, but so, so I went and I said, you know, what about me? And that's when I found out that it was absolutely ADHD like kind of off the charts and so you know I can't regret and I can't be disappointed but I was sort of this flag flapping in the wind in um from junior high on and I had terrible grades and terrible awful they're god awful grades I didn't know that awful i struggled so much and i'm the kid in the huntington commercials or whatever that's like you know i studied for hours i studied for days and i got enough i'm that kid so you should have had the answers to the chem test then i oh man i was kind of i was listening to that like mm. you know, that would be <laughs> I, I wouldn't have messed that up either i was good i was smart enough to know better but go for the seat right uh, you know uh, I was very jealous of my friends who got good grades. Yeah. My, that, so that's where I was green with envy was people who could retain knowledge and take well, a test. And you have to be like, so, I mean, you're hanging out with them, right? On a pretty routine basis. And you yeah. have to be thinking, how are they pulling this yes. off? Yes. So like, there starts the cycle of shame and, um, and then, oh God. Okay. So. I just have a lot of memories of problems with teachers because that whole, you can do better and just try, just, put it, you know, let it out, let it out. As long as one of the name rings that bell, I want to hear, let it out. I want to hear them all. Every single math teacher I ever had can, has a place in hell. Like, I just like, like, why would you ignore me like that? Why, <laughs> well, wouldn't one of you, <laughs> why wouldn't one of you help me? You know, Mrs. Mosier from Merrill. Oh, yeah. God, what a wench. Yeah. Oh, she's she... awful. Justin McClune with absolutely no help. He sat next to me. I think he got all A's and just totally distracted the crap out of me. That's and, a smart dude and who wants you to believe that he's not. I, I know. That's true, right? Yes. So I remember because we'd get our grades back and I'd be like, F every time. And, um, so 
there's this one time at Merrill with Mrs. Mosier where uh, she's blabbing on and on and on about A, B, C, X, Y, Z times two. And I'm, I just started counting the dots on the drop ceiling tile um, to keep myself from losing my mind. Cause I was really, I was the kid chewing their arm off to get out of the classroom. Well, you were still counting. So technically <laughs> you're still doing math. Thank you. And you're welcome. Said, Miss McCabe, um, can I bother you for some attention here, please? And I just look, I had had it and I just looked at her like, I'm so tired. I just look at her and she goes, am I boring you? And of course I feel the shame and the heat rising to my cheeks and like my heart's like, and I, I had no idea what she was saying, of course, you know, because half the time I'm in a classroom, I'm trying to concentrate on sitting still and not shaking my knee and tapping my foot and, you know, playing with my hair and chewing on my pencil. That was me half the time, like just trying to concentrate on sitting still more effort than um, anything. So, so she was terrible, but that was, that was Meryl. That's still, that's still something though. That still accounts for what you're talking about. And, and I'll, I mean, Meryl Roosevelt, mm-hmm. same, same diff. Uh, I shouldn't say same diff because I hated Meryl, but I, I, I totally get what you're saying. Um, I, the school doesn't matter there. He, yeah. Who was it? Mr. Cummings in. Correct. Yeah. In high school. Yeah. Though. So it just F take it again next year. F take it again next year. F, you know, um, and then my parents really wanted me to go to the university of Iowa. And I really didn't want to. I felt like I'd already been there because I visited <laughs> so much. Um, I I remember kicking and screaming. I did not apply for it. I did not fill out the essay. I did not do anything to get in. And my mom did it all. And I got in. She got in. Yeah, she got in because <laughs> I uh, I didn't want to go. I wanted to go to DMAC. I wanted to figure yeah. out. I went to culinary school at DMAC. And they wouldn't let me. They were trying to get rid of me. And they were trying to break me up from Tim Hanrahan. They were trying to, they were like, no, this is done. You know, you go on to high school, you move on with your life. So I, uh, I got to the University of Iowa and, um, but, you know, I got there with an F in algebra still. But, what? Uh-huh. F in algebra with some, and I don't know what you'd call it now, but it was some allowance that I would retake algebra again, freshman year at the University of Iowa. Man, I've is, never heard of that. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that nuts? And yeah, but I if your sister had gone there, so you're kind of a legacy. Oh, I was a legacy. It wasn't just my sister. Yeah, it was um, aunts and uh, someone else. I can't remember. So, yeah, that was all on my mom's application. So I'm that sure was, that helps. I don't know. What I, I don't care. I, I just remember kicking and screaming going there, and I was miserable. I was... How- it, so miserable how long did you last i uh, so the floods remember the okay so iowa city was so flooded yeah that i was supposed to be in the dorm mayflower but the river was up to the second floor at mayflower so i had to go stay at burge and at burge um they had all of us from mayflower uh crammed 
into these rooms on cots and they were bunk bed army style cots. So I was sharing a, a kind of a, I won't even give it the word large room with, I don't know, 12 other girls. Wow. Sounds like optimal learning. Oh, I don't know how I did it. And it was miserable. It was, it was terrible. Um, so I would leave Iowa city in my 81 Chevette and come home every Friday and stay with whoever would have me. My parents wouldn't know I was back. And I would leave early in the morning on Monday mornings and go back to Iowa city. So I had the opposite college experience that you hear a lot of people have like, ah, meet new people, have all this fun. No, 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 no. So, um, I was spending every weekend at home. I was just hiding in people's houses, friends' houses. That's crazy. By the time they let us back in Mayflower, uh, I knew I was done. So I was in Mayflower for maybe a month and a half, then came home for a winter break with a 1.2 grade point average. That's something. And never went back to the University of Iowa. Yeah. I really honestly felt like I'd already attended because of my sister. Yeah. And you you had to prove something to your parents. Like, you know what? Here, I I did it. I tried. I tried. No, they weren't happy. Um, They were not happy. Tom and Peg were, uh, they, they laid down the law on me pretty good. They said that, you know, since I blew it off and I didn't try that uh, college was on me now and you know, all this crazy stuff. So that was fine. I was going to live at home and pay my way through DMAC. That was fine. I got a job and that's what I did. I went to DMAC for a semester and then my sister came and got me and uh, moved me to Chicago. And that's where I went to culinary school downtown Chicago. And that's where I got my degree. And that's where I got a C in algebra, man. Wait a minute. They make you take algebra at culinary school? It's an associate's degree. So, okay. yeah. Okay. Yeah. The associates make sense. <laughs> and I loved it. It was, and I did amazing at the culinary school. It was so much fun. It was wonderful. But, you know, it's a trade school, which is exactly where I needed to be. They yeah. weren't sitting down. I had knives in my hand. I had all these people, diverse ages, diverse race, um, walks of life everything it was everything i needed and uh it was a great experience and i i did love it and um it wore me out i would get to school by 7 a.m uh 7 a.m class and then not leave till it was dark outside that's that's not a bad thing though because that just um you just threw yourself in it i threw myself in it and i loved it. loved it right i, I mean it. there is no when, when you're doing something you love you don't really think about time i mean time becomes secondary God, no, no. We were in the restaurant scene. Um, we were cooking for large parties. We were, we had a restaurant in our school. So it was working in the kitchen with um, every race and every age and every strength. There were the really loud people and the really strong people. And then some of the meeker people that just wanted personal catering. And, you know, they just, there's all just so many different types in it. It's what my brain arrived on really yeah um, all of that challenge so so that's where I was a little happier um but I I have such great memories of high school I don't mean to like 
say I didn't, but my takeaway overall, like when I look back on young Megan McCabe, the one that I can look back on now almost maternally at myself and say, she needed help. She needed academic help. And, and um, I think I would have been better, but I'm not a big, I don't do regret because I wouldn't change a damn thing about today. Good. I landed on my feet. Yeah. Right. You know, so why yeah. would you change anything? It's like going back and stepping on a butterfly. You're doing your dream job. I mean, mm-hmm. what you knew you wanted to do. Oh yeah. You're, you're in the midst of it. That's a thousand percent. Yes. So yeah. that's, I mean, you're, you're a winner already there because most people don't get to do what they want. I'm extremely grateful. It's, it's cliche, right? But it's the truth. Right. Right. It's gratitude. Um, first and foremost, it's honesty, it's gratitude and it's living in the moment. Um, it's just knowing that the seconds on the clock are precious. So you don't live in the past and you don't obsess about the future. Right. You know, it's truth. Said it well. That's what I do. So anyone stand out as having an impact on your life that you want to mention? Talk about? Yeah. I know I have a I have a, a little list of people that stand out for me. Um What's here? Honestly, well, Nicole, for sure. She's my rock. Yeah. Uh, she got me through everything uh she knew me better than anybody and she knew the truth of you know my household and she knew the truth of who I really was and what was really going on at 4400 California Drive and uh and then so Nicole is like your husband is your voice now Nicole was probably that voice then because yeah if you you know Nicole she's not gonna hold back Nicole Arlene Tellerico was, yeah, she was my personality. Like I, my bodyguard, my, like brought me out of a shell because we came, I had a household where, um, you just put on that like Stepford wife face and everything's fine. And she had a house where you wore your emotions on your sleeve and you fought for what you wanted. So I learned a lot through her. And then she came house for some peace and quiet and she needed that too so we we definitely were that yin yang kind of thing Um, but you know I was about 19 years old when I met my mother my future mother-in-law and um, because my sister had taken me to my future husband's house for a party long long story short I went with my sister to my future husband's house for a party when I was 19 and, and met my future mother-in-law. Now, by now I had definitely fallen in love with this idea of like living in Chicago forever and just being in the same scene as Carrie and Danny in Chicago and, you know, really getting into this restaurant scene and nightclub scene kind of thing and all these music venues. And, and I walked up to, my future mother-in-law at this garden party and asked her to, can I help you with your dishes? And she just kind of looked at me. I'm like, I'm Megan, I'm Megan McCabe. I'm, 
Carrie McCabe's um, little sister. Oh, you're Carrie's little sister. That kind of a thing. It was so, it's so odd to think about now. But um, she and I clicked right away. And when Jeff and I started dating, you know, uh, two years later, she remembered me from that party. Well, yeah. How many 19-year-olds volunteer to do dishes at a party? I'd remember your ass, too. Isn't that funny, though? Like, I want to leave the large party and go do the dishes in the kitchen, right? That's just... Motherly. Sounds, sounds like me. Well, and and she and I clicked right away. She's she's my person. She's the person who's had such an impact on my life because she is so strong and she's such a social activist. And she's so intelligent and she's she's my best friend, you know. I, Do you think she fills a void? Oh, God, yeah. Oh, dude. Yeah. No, she's my mom. Right. I'm glad you found that. I mean, because everyone has voids, but we don't always find. Yeah, that. So my parents are alive and kicking. They live 45 minutes away from me. Tom and Peg are um, interesting people, but they were very reclusive. And when we moved to Des Moines in 1977, um, they never made any friends with anybody. So the entire time I'm growing up and going to high school, Tom and Peg are just in the house doing their thing with each other, talking to each other. But did have thank, had- thank you for clarifying that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, they were a little off. <laughs> so um but they had no social life. And um I I had this weird like sort of this parent-child experience where they were always home dad worked from home but yet they didn't really parent me we talked we laughed but I left I didn't have a curfew they were always asleep whenever I got home they didn't show up to Roosevelt for one thing they were, they were always home and the house was not there was always food, but they were a little so out of you, men- you mentioned the, the age differential between you and your siblings. Do you think that they were just kind of over parenting? Like, yeah. I'm not over, but done with parenting. No, they were. Yeah, they were for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they, they, they loved me. They loved me. Yeah. They're just totally, they were out of it. They weren't paying any attention. They'd put their effort in. They, they know what it's like to parent now. They've the mm-hmm. kids aren't kids aren't breakable anymore. You you, you can figure this out. You're a tough kid. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. That and that and, um they had their own so they had their own traumas. Like they were not it was such a different time. Um but they weren't healing very well from their own traumas. They had Carrie when they were 18 and they got married um when they were 18. And then they had Danny when they were 19. And uh, shortly thereafter, when Dan was a baby and Carrie was a very small toddler, my dad went to jail. Yeah, he was arrested. So he was sentenced to 10 years in Joliet, Statesville, and uh, for narcotics, the sale of narcotics. And what was actually happening was that Uh, There was a lot of fallout 
around Chicagoland from the Democratic National Convention um, and the Chicago 7 trial. After that, you have all of these embarrassed white authorities, judges, cops, that basically held this massive sting operation around Chicagoland. My dad was, my dad and mom were both born and raised in Aurora, Illinois. So my dad had sold marijuana, $40 worth of marijuana to make a quick buck because he had two babies and a wife and he worked at the cattle plant. And um, yeah, he did that. But at the time, the law said that was the same as selling heroin yeah it was broad yeah so so his trial was i mean when i say famous locally famous news newspapers is a big deal um and he served only 10 months out of the 10-year sentence and so he was freed um after a very harrowing experience he was um he wrote a book about it and yeah, he, he's, he's very vocal about it all. He, he tells a lot of the stories. He's definitely a storyteller. So we learned like growing up that shadowed my childhood, his experiences from that time. Um, And that's one of the reasons why my mom and dad moved to Des Moines is because my dad was never going to find a job after that. Oh yeah, Uh, you bet. He was, he was, he was a little bit of a kind of a well-known person. And so uh, his McCabe versus the state of Illinois has been the law, the marijuana law in Illinois ever since. You can still Google it and you'll see my dad's whole trial. So, so they escaped to Des Moines when through the grace of whatever universe God out there decided to get inside this guy's head, this, this man who worked for Spalding sports decided to reach out to my dad and offer him a salesman position. So my dad has no college education. He's got two babies and a wife. He's like a felony charge and now a felony charge. And now he's moving to Des Moines, Iowa at at Spalding's expense. So Spalding as the Midwest rep, Midwest Territory, and now my dad is a spotting golf salesman, and that's what he did for a career. So uh, it was a, that was my normal, and but they had mom and dad that's, have a lot of PTSD from that. That's kind of a rags to riches story. It was never riches. Um, he also did not know what he was doing with money, so we didn't really belong in the house we were in um so that's you know there's a whole nother side to that story where that house 4400 california drive dear god it was gorgeous right you know it was yeah beautiful we didn't belong there he didn't belong there we shouldn't have moved there probably they didn't have it very long i left when i was 19 they left when i was like 19 and a half so they moved back to the area um so they're they moved to um right around aurora illinois again where they came from 
because they had empty nest syndrome. There's nothing keeping them in Des Moines. Everybody yeah. was Chicago land. And there'd been enough time passed that they could go home and kind of i'm not sure they were ready for it when they did move back to be honest it was yeah so that it was a slightly traumatizing for them and to this day they're still they're still kind of hiding out in their little house you know? <laughs> he changed the pronunciation of his last name to like macabre or something macabre. yeah um, yeah so he's still a storyteller and my mom's still rolling her eyes and you know he's still pacing the floor talking about the old days you know this and that he's He's a savant and he's a genius. Such is life, right? He's radical, but he's, yeah. I mean, they're goofy. They're goofy people. Good. All right. What kind of music are you listening to these days? Yeah. Um, whatever my son tells me to. So I had to ask my, no, I'm serious. I had to ask my family, what am I listening to? What are these songs that you play for me? So there is, um, I made a list for you because I don't know what I'm listening to. Fire away. <clears throat> All right. Charlie, <laughs> Clears Charlie, throat, unwraps paper. Charlie Parr, right? Nobody's ever heard of him, but I love him. So I did see him live. He's this older dude with a steel guitar and he basically sings about his dead dog. Oh. Charlie Parr. I love them. Okay, then there's the Delvin Lamar organ trio. I went and saw them recently too. I they're mind blowing. They're incredible. Are these all Chicago based? No, Charlie Parr's from Duluth, Minnesota. Oh, okay. Delvin Lamar, where are you from? I don't know. I don't know where Delvin Lamar's from. Um, Krungbin, that's big around here. We like their live music more than their recorded music. So YouTube. Uh, New Year's Eve last year. Jeff and I just sat and watched YouTube Krungbin concert videos all night. Yeah. That's how um, Lucas Nelson. That's, that's Willie Nelson's son. And he's adorable. He's and his, um, I think it's his half brother. They have a band promise of the real they're, they're cute. And then the rack, the rack and tours, do you know them? That's yeah. the other band. Um, oh my god, trombone shorty. Trombone shorty. <laughs> he's New Orleans and he's so I saw him in New Orleans years and years ago, and uh he just gets the crowd moving, such energetic. He's um oh my god, he's just beautiful, man. Then my daughter got me into this band called The Regrets. And the regrets are like this super cute girl band. Um, young, kind of a throwback, pouty a little bit, um, cute music. It's pretty good music. Kind of rocking for these like little girl people. Good. There's more. There's more. But I get. I, I wrote those down for you because I, I'm not good at memorizing what I'm listening to. Yeah, you just know what you like, right? Who yeah. who goes and looks at the name and title of the song really anymore? You just know you can jam out to it. At least me. My husband, he's, he's, he's got a very high musical IQ. He has taught me, that was all we talked about when we first met, is music, music, music. I had to have a full education. I, right. I hours of sitting in stools and just talking about 
bands and producers and who's played with what. And did you know this guy produced this album, but he was actually da, 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 da. He's got this whole family tree thing going on with all the music from New Orleans and Chicago and Mississippi blues. He's a walking encyclopedia when it comes to music. Good. It keeps you on your toes then because I know you like music too. I just nod. Mm-hmm. I just nod. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, honestly i don't remember a lot like i i know what i listened to in high school which you know was all the old vinyl a lot of just old music and um so i've got all that in my brain but when jeff came along he's like oh well did you know that eric clapton or did you know that this guy did you know jeff beck did you know did you know steve ravon did you know that you know and then he talks about nick Lowe. he talks about how they all like cross and then this guy played on this album and this guy and i'm like no i did not know any of that and i'm okay <laughs> you know what though but that is the equivalent of like a sports yeah. nerd or whatever that knows how many touchdowns x had in 1997 right i mean you got to find your passion and throw yourself in yeah yeah that's his that's his i just so I like I had no idea how big Alan Toussaint was. I had never heard of him. Um, I don't think I had heard of Jeff Beck when I married Jeff Byer. So there <laughs> were all these, all these major names. I I was like Lightning Hopkins and uh, Jimi Hendrix and like that's what I could name. And <laughs> oh god, just sit back and listen, Megan. Just sit back and listen. I know, like pat me on the head, like just no, just listen to this, babe. I got gotcha. you. Education <laughs> on the way. So you want to play some rapid fire? Oh, Lord. Okay, let's do it. All right, let's light it up. Days of our lives are young and the restless. Hell no. No, no, no. Okay, um, that's daytime TV. Oprah. You know what? I'm about to take your mom card. I know, but I can't because um, my mom hated soap operas. So after school i would come home and i would grab my doritos and i everyone else went to sports and i would watch oprah that's fair is it it sounds phone, sad phone call or text message text yeah pizza bobs or lost planet all right i'm gonna admit i do not remember pizza bobs so definitely lost planet i remember oh. that very well okay math or science science Casey's or come and go? Come and go. Captain Crunch or Cocoa Puffs? What year? Uh, did the flavors change? Or what yeah, year? I, are you? I feel like they did. <laughs> what so, the? Who responds the with that? This is okay. multiple choice. There's no C. There's no Dude, D other. Captain Crunch used to be Perfect. the bomb dick back in the day, and now it's Cocoa Puffs. Okay. All right. I, I let's today's. I'll take today's answer. So that's what you know. Like when you said what year, I'm like, is there a vintage Captain Crunch floating around out there? <laughs> yeah, totally. What is this lady talking about? <laughs> I know my cereal. I don't even eat that stuff anymore. But yeah. Hey, that's your loss, culinary girl. <laughs> Steak or chicken? Steak. All right. Hot or mild? Hot. Pearl Jam or Nirvana? Nirvana. Uh, Hands down, Nirvana. Shoestring fries or waffle cut? Oh, waffle. 
Mountains or be Mountains. eBay or Amazon? Amazon. See, I could picture you being the eBay though. I know, but it's just because it's more, it's more garage sale type, like other people's no, treasures. At Amazon, I hit the button, I do that, and then buy now, and it's at my yeah, door. Bay, it's like you got to do all that. You got to do all these things. Got to fight somebody else. You got to wait. That's fair. Yeah, and it is like two weeks. Never used to seem oh. so long until Amazon yeah. came along. I know. I don't. I do not want to line that man's pockets any anymore. Believe me, I don't. It is definitely a methamphetamine. But um, if I have to pick between the now, the problem is eBay. You're right because I do collect some things still, and uh, I go on eBay to check out those prices of what they're worth. Anyway, go ahead. Keep talking. Good call. Sorry. McDonald's or Burger King? McDonald's. Coke or Pepsi? Coke. Oh, after t- all that. Pe- At Nicole's Me- house. I was a Coke house. Mexican or Italian? <laughs> Mexican. Um, I'm not asking the deep dish one. Ta- uh, I'm not asking the Taco John's one. You've answered a couple of these. Well, uh, I I lived at Taco John's. So. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, it's I half it a block right- away. Yeah. It was right there. I mean, me, Nate, Nicole, like whoever, just whoever was in the circle. Like, does anyone have a dollar twenty-five <laughs> to Taco John's? Twizzlers or Red Vines? All right, dude. All right. Here, there's a story here. All right. Red Vines are more popular in New England. Really? Twizzlers are more popular in the Midwest. Really? Okay. So if I am visiting my brother, I will be... I will be noshing on red vines. If I am in the Midwest and I have a bucket of popcorn and there's a movie on, I will steal your Twizzler. I will actually punch you for a Twizzler. But other than that, yuck. On both? Yeah. Okay. All right. Hey, this is this is your time, so I can't argue or I I'll, a, I'll accept. I'm as passionate about food. That has never left me. I'm still passionate about food. I could talk about any food any day. You win. You win. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know the dinner, the dinner question. You get to bring three people. All right. So I've had time to cheat and study and look people up. Like I could even pretend that I knew things about people I don't actually know. Um so the first name I will go with, because the first time I, you asked that question, it was the first name that popped into my head. And, um, and so, so my first gut answer is Jimi Hendrix. And that is because I need to know more about some of the things he was writing and, and his lyrics. I have a lot of questions. I love um, the questions. Yeah. I, I want to know why we didn't finish Little Wing. I There were some of his lyrics that just, how did he do it? How do you think of that at that age? He's so young. Like yeah. he, he's just a baby. And then I almost want to like just say, I'm so sorry the recording industry did this to you. Oh, God, he's so taken advantage of. And his, he was so abused. And so, yeah, that was the first name I, I thought of. Um, when you first asked that question. So I had to say that I'm going to stick with that because um, it, it was a reflexive answer without thinking. Right. Yeah. I had time to think about it and I just kept circling back to some of my favorite 
authors. So um, one is uh, Alice Hoffman. She writes a lot of, she's written a ton of books. She's written like 30 books and they're all about the human condition. They're all very fictitious, fictitious, some, a lot of history and a lot about the New England area and um, generational tie-ins. So she's just an interesting, very interesting brain. Um, sounds like it's, she's someone who you could sit and have coffee with, I think, and just really talk and chat a long time. This is all about talking, right? I mean, that's when you yeah. sit down to dinner, you're not just eating. Dinner is just the, the, the name of what you're doing. It could be coffee. It could be whatever, but you're really there to talk. For sure. For sure. Um, and in the same vein, Al, uh, as Alice Hoffman, it would be Margaret Atwood, just brilliant writer, brilliant woman. Um, controversial. Where, where does she come up with these uh, dystopian, almost, you know, ideas so early in her writing career? Uh, she's way ahead of her time, but right on the money. Um, I would especially talk to a young Margaret Atwood, know where her brain was at, like back in the early 80s, how she foresaw um, how things were going to go in a way. Um, so that would be one. I, I'm going to come up with a fourth, though, because... yeah. Someone I, I would really like to talk to is I have an ancestor who made the trip from Scotland to America when she was very young and she was an indentured servant. And for some reason, we know a lot about her. Her name was Isabel Bennett and she was a cook. She was, she was a cook for a wealthy family in Scotland and they sent her to a local castle for culinary lessons. And when she had enough and it's not really money but when she had enough time saved up her the family that had hired her as an indentured servant bought her a ticket to america so that's how she got to america and she came alone and single do you feel like her sometimes i feel like no i feel connected right yeah yeah I, just want to know more. How, how'd you do that so young? I mean, you're hopping on a bus at 13, 14 to go to another city. I didn't even think of that. That's funny. Yeah, I never thought of that before. We have a lot of her recipes. We make her recipes at Christmas. Um, and we know she was happily married, had kids, and, you know, I'm her direct descendant. So, uh, I would just love to sit and talk to her. I'd like to know what that was like, that trip alone. And being an indentured servant, like, what, yeah. what was that? <laughs> yeah. Get her uh, soda bread recipe too. And say, th oh, soda bread, and say thank you. Thank you for doing all that. Okay. Yeah. Good answers. Um, kind of wrapping things up here, but uh, any alums that you want to hear on? I wanted, I want to, I want to just say, you know, to everyone, I've, I've thought about everybody that I can remember. I've thought about everybody since high school. There was a lot of, a lot of good times. Um, I was, a, I was the tiniest bit of a lost soul and I definitely had my blinders. And um, 
and uh, I feel like I just sort of bumped around the halls of Roosevelt like a like a pool ball. Uh, and I think about some of the people that left. I don't think we graduate. I'm not sure. And I could use some help on this. Like what happened to Logan Shannon? She was so funny. She was in one of my early year classes and I don't even, did we graduate with her? I don't think so. Very smart. Yeah, she was so smart. She stands out in my memory. Um, And I don't know what happened to her. And then, and then Sarah Jeffries too. I don't know whatever happened to her. She ended up going to Dowling, and then yeah. I saw her maybe in 98 or 99 or something. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Um, I think about like, a lot of my early friends, too, from the transition from Merrill to Roosevelt, like Kate Mazuka, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and cool. I want to know how everybody is. I, I think about everybody. Logan did graduate with us. Good. Okay. So, see, I just don't remember. Yeah. How could you remember everybody, though? Well, we were, what, 300? That's not very big. My, yeah. My, my kids' class sizes are over 1,000. Oh, wow. Yeah. They go that's, to that's, massive high school. It's a lot of cupcakes on a birthday. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> so, before we go, anything you want to get off your chest? Or did you just do that? Um, off my chest. That's funny. Uh, no, I don't think so. I think we're good. I wish I could, I wish we could just go back sometimes, you know, because it would be fun. I'm more coherent now. First of all, there's, I haven't had a drop of alcohol in over seven years. So congratulations. Well, uh, health choices. Right. And That one was, that one was ugly. Like, I don't mess with that stuff anymore because it was profoundly giving me hangovers and anxiety. So, but I started drinking when I was like in eighth grade, I want to say, and sneaking. Meryl will do that to you. Meryl will do that to you, right? (laughs) So, I mean, I kind of had hit my limit, right? And um, I, I off my chest would be like I I probably missed out on a lot because of those parties because of partying and drinking and stuff so that that would be the off the chest thing I wish in a way and that almost goes with the regret stuff like I wish I could have done some more things without the party atmosphere more socializing yeah without the party element okay that'd be it yeah all right um, I do want to thank you for coming on. Um, Thanks for having I appreciate it. It was very nice to catch up with you again, and, and everyone gets to hear what you've been up to. Um, I will right. post that picture of you that I referenced. Oh, that's right. <laughs> underneath okay. your podcast, so you can look for that later tonight, all right? It was good talking to you, Aaron. Good talking to you too, Megan. Thank you so much. All right. Take care. You too. Bye-bye.